Hello everyone, this is Judy Giles with What Is Your Purpose? Thank you so much for tuning in again. We have a very special message today. I do have a wonderful guest, a great friend of mine that's tuning in with us today, Dr. Veronica Allen with Allen Associates. Welcome, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, good afternoon, and thank you uh, for having us here at What Is Your Purpose, Judy. We're so happy and pleased to be here today. Thank you. Uh, we do have a topic that we are discussing today, and that is a very special topic that's near and dear to so many of us. It is labeled as a sister-to-sister -sister relationship. And I do have a couple of uh, thoughts to come to mind here. First question here is, how often do we look at someone else's struggle? How often do we put ourselves in their shoes just to see how they are coping with things? Anything that comes to mind here for you, Dr. Allen? Well, um, let me comment on the, the topic titled Sister to Sister. Um, now, I don't, I don't take the sister part lightly. We should be sisters um, in all aspects of the word. We might not come from the same mother and father, but... Um, as a culture and as a, a female um, in today's world, I think that we should look at each other as family. So with the true definition of what a sister is um, and um, what a sister means to you, I think that um, we, we really need to focus on that. Um, I have often looked at other women in their situations and um, thank God I'm a person who feels that if there's any way I can help, advise, encourage, inspire, motivate, yes. then I am there for you. I am not a jealous, envious, um, vindictive type of person, mm -hmm. but I have a, a strong personality and I happen to be very assertive and it's, a lot of times people take assertiveness for um, bad attitude, negativity. But really what it is, it's, it's someone who is passionate, motivated, and um, that aggression that goes with that assertiveness is really uh, what pushes that person to um, move forward and complete um, a goal. Mm -hmm. And when um, I think of other people and their struggles, I, um, I truly believe it reminds me, you know, that don't pity yourself, don't feel sorry for yourself because someone else is maybe got it even worse than you have or harder than you have, or maybe you can help this person um, in some way, you know, maybe you can um, befriend them and, um, you know, walk a walk with them. A lot of times I think in my um, experience, it's been just the opposite. Mm -hmm. No one really to, you know, support me through um, some of the changes and things that I'm, I've gone through, like I've just now, <coughs> gone through the winter storm um we've been in a pandemic mm -hmm. and i've spent most of that time alone uh with my god um now what is your purpose has come in and brought me another avenue to be able to express my um my desires and my hopes and my fears and i feel comfortable judy with you mm -hmm. letting you know that even though um 
we don't see each other every day all the time or we don't communicate every day all the time I know that you are there for me and I think that's what a sister is someone who's there for you um, you can confide in them and know that it's not gonna go anywhere else and definitely it's not gonna come back to you in a negative way you know a lot of times we, we claim to be sisters and we claim to be best friends and the next thing you know we're throwing something back in your face that you've told us in a weak moment yes ma'am and a confidence and it's being thrown back in a, um, a hurtful, painful, vindictive way. And so moving away from that, I think that um, I've looked at women struggling and I understand some of their struggles. You know, there's a lot of things I have not experienced that other women have experienced, but there's a lot of things I've experienced other women haven't experienced. True. So um, with that being said, um, it's hard to be anything to anyone and not recognize where they are in their life and struggles and pains and happiness um future present and past mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's good that's good and typically for me i've seen people that struggle with so many types of issues so i understand where you can relate you've talked about not so much people being there to eagerly extend a hand to you, but people who have uh, concerns with literacy or their living arrangements, whether they're homeless or they're having problems with um, their surroundings or neighborhood, even to have a language barrier, it could be really difficult at times for people to just to kind of cope day to day. So I think this is very, very powerful tool that we can actually present here to the public just to kind of give them food for thought. Um, have you ever had to really experience anyone recently here? I mean, since we've actually all been so confined, anything that comes to mind for you where you've actually had to um, really just uh, take the heart where you know that someone else is going through an issue, how were you able to be there to help them address their needs? Um, you know, pandemic is really... Um, has really been an obstacle for many people and uh, communication has been really difficult during the pandemic because you know everybody's been isolated in their own homes and um i've i've actually experienced people who have needed you know help with food mm -hmm. and i've gone to the food bank and you know i've shared the food with um different people um and then there's, of course, people who have medical conditions, myself and others who who need assistance, you know, maybe getting that medication to them, um, maybe, maybe paying for that medication um, for them. And um, since, you know, with pandemic, of course, people lost their jobs. So you may not be able to do anything monetary, but just them knowing that you're there for them to use you know, as a as a sounding board or somebody who can just say, I understand, I know where you are, I'm going through the same thing, I've been there. Um, what we want what we want you to know is that you're not by yourself and you know, just let them talk to you. Absolutely. Sometimes y'all you just needed somebody to listen. And maybe listening to yourself talk and tell it to someone else, you can work out a solution to your own um, problem or your own issue. Now, if you're wanting advice, then, of course, then you open an avenue and you let that person 
no, it's I'm open to any advice you have, you know. But at the same time, always remember your time is the most precious and the most valuable thing you can offer to another person. That's true. That's true. And it costs you nothing. Right. But, you know, a few moments of your time. Mm-hmm. Well, for us... Um I guess in the the arena that we've actually worked, you and I both have been able to be fortunate enough to have a lot of work experience in different areas, working for uh, the federal government, your commitment as uh, a veteran, being able to offer your services. We thank you for your service as a uh, veteran for the military, but just being able to get exposure in the public and provide, um, I'm trying to say, just something that's offered to the public and giving them a part of yourself, being able to take your life experience, your work experience, even your upbringing uh, from a very young child to an adult, and then being able to branch out into real life circumstances. How do you think that your exposure for life has prepared you to really bring to others and benefit their lifestyle. Oh, you know, this month is National uh, Veterans Month. Right. And you do hear a lot of people say thank you for your service. And I'm hoping that that is a sincere uh, condolences that they're sending out uh, or um, salutation that they're giving. Um, I think a lot of people don't really understand what they're saying when they say that you know it's something that they've been told to say or some people don't say it at all right but thank you for your service is a very important statement and I'm speaking to you from the military um, side of things you know if it wasn't for the military we wouldn't be able to have this conversation the way we're having it because you know we have certain things in our country that other countries don't have freedom of speech and freedom of media and um, I, I I went in the military as an enlisted person and came out as a commissioned person mm-hmm. and at the same time I had a trade when I went in and um, I completed some um, some more education while I was there but uh, thank you for your service is really important because people have lost their lives and we are not getting that message life is an important thing and we can't give life back the way uh, we'd like to to people when it's taken from us. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't. We we can have babies and we can create and develop uh, new lives. Man can't make a life. Man is just a tool used to provide excess to be able to produce a life. Mm-hmm. But of course, we know there's a higher power that's actually you know creating and developing that life. The female, of course, is actually nurturing and um, providing and and stealing certain um, certain um, aspects of life to the infant. Now, um, in the military, you're kind of an infant starting out, and once that door is open, um, in a and if it's used in the proper way, you you see things different right. than the civilian. <laughs> and um, right now I see that um, we need to be really, you know, uh, attentive to our military. Mm-hmm. 
they're you know they're always gone and they're always in another country and they're always doing things to make this the better country and here we are tearing it apart yes being <laughs> hateful mm-hmm. trying to overrun the government you know coming from the 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 black culture um growing up as a child some of the things that I've accomplished in my life, I, I never I never dreamed of, but I never dreamed I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I actually happened to have had a, um, a very stable uh, educational background as a child. I had uh, counselors and uh, teachers that supported me, that gave me the idea that in my mind that I could be anything that I wanted to be. And so I freely uh, floated around okay. with no direction. I just happened to come out on the right end of that float. Um, my mother didn't graduate high school. My mother didn't graduate grade school. So a lot of things I was encountering through my growth, she did not know how to cope with. She didn't know how to advise. She didn't know how to deal with it. And um, a lot of it came, you know, from, from school or other, other people's parents. And we didn't have a lot of money, but I didn't know that um, growing up, you know, I don't remember really going hungry. We never not had a place to stay. We never not had lights. Mm-hmm. And my mother was a stay-at-home mom, okay. pretty much. Um, not necessarily because she wanted to be a st- stay-at-home mom. She worked a little bit, but like I said, she didn't. She didn't necessarily have a skill or educational background that allowed her to go out and, um, you know, work and make thousands of dollars. Right. She was a um, a balancing act um, as far as how we lived mm-hmm. and um, my mother worked as much as she could with a disability and so I was very fortunate to have people who saw something in me and um, I often will meet someone and they'll say I can see your light I can see mm-hmm. your light shining okay. you know <laughs> and that's a that's the best compliment and isn't how pretty your nails look or how pretty your hair is it's that light. Yes. When they say they can see the light, you know that you are on the right path, mm-hmm. um, soulfully, truthfully, and um, I just, you know, I just think we need to be more attentive to uh, choices that we're making right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Well, I can remember uh, just in my past work experience, uh, one of my previous jobs, working uh, with youth, just really trying to encourage them to complete their um, high school education if they were having issues or any type of barriers that they would have to face in their home upbringing. Uh, Just use me as a sounding board and just let me know what I can do to step out of my comfort zone to help you. But I can remember just uh, speaking with a group of young people uh, just helping them to advance on to another stage in their life, encouraging them to get a trade if they weren't able to um, have that backing as you were so fortunate to have and many of us were uh, able to get going and learn a trade. And this one uh, young man came to me and he said, thank you so much. Thank you very much. I really do appreciate you being here to offer this training to us uh, through Job Corps because I now have socks. I now have something that I can call my own, my own little space to live. And he was protected from the elements and so forth. So I think that was just um, very 
heartbreaking that he had to go grow up through that. But many children have to do that. They have to go through such things. But uh, I was able to be appreciative of that young man just giving me that feedback so that I can still press on and do what I needed to do. But as far as what we actually see right now, we still see so many of the people living on the streets, the homeless. And I think that is just so heartbreaking. I don't know what else we can do as a government here in the United States. What do you think some of the um, leeways that we can do to kind of overcome people who are on the street due to their circumstances, their, their issues that they may have to deal with in their own way of life, whether it's going to be mental issues or uh, not being able to pay their bill, their bills and they're evicted and placed on the streets. What do you think some of the things that we can do in our government to make a change for that? Well, Judy, people are, I think a lot of it is still, you know, social emotional skills that are not um, allowed to develop and be uh, processed and used in the right places. I think a lot of our homeless people are homeless is because they have been overwhelmed. Um, like I said, I just come out of the storm, and the thing about that, and we're in pandemic, is you can't make enough money to live out of. Right. Um, you know, people still wanted the, since we're coming out of the storm and out of pandemic, they're like, oh, it's back to work as usual. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's not back to work as usual. Nothing's usual. Nothing's the same. Nothing's ever going to be the same again. Right. As we come out of this pandemic, We are faced with even bigger problems than we were before with the homeless people because now we need to make sure they get vaccinated, have proper health care. And we needed to do that before, you know, and we weren't doing that. Um, You know, a lot of people living in these shelters and these uh, um, homeless uh, provisions, are they they in there and are they training them? Are they showing them, you know, how they can go back into society and make it? Because, you know... They don't let up with the electric bill. My electric bill came through every month, mm-hmm. pandemic or not. Right. My water bill, my food bill, um, nothing stopped. My mortgage, nothing stopped. Everything came through. All these organizations that are getting money from the federal government to help people, guess what? They're not just helping you because you call in and say you need help. Mm-hmm. They're finding ways to disqualify you for that money. I've done it, and um, I don't ever qualify for anything, and I'm a veteran. I'm, like, number four down on the list. Um, here, I you wouldn't even be able to be here having this organization if it wasn't for people that go in the military and fight for this country mm-hmm. to have rights. And um, you're telling me I don't qualify for something? Why not? Mm-hmm. I qualify to, to say I give my life. Right. You know, where's the equality? There's no equality, you know, for a lot of us. And um, being homeless, I mean... If you don't have a job, you can't pay rent. You can't pay for a place to stay. So where are the facilities where you can go in and have a decent place to stay, wash, clean up, and eat, then go on, work a job, and come on, pay a low fee, and then get out and do it again? We're helping people that come across the border. I mean, they're coming across. They don't communicate in our language. They're they're playing in sports. They're getting medical. They have a nice place to live. They have food. Here, I tried to use FEMA, and uh, the, the, the information they gave you for FEMA was, oh, well, call us if you have insurance. Tell us we have ins- you have insurance, okay. and give us the declaration page, boom, bang, bada, bing. Well, that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. I gave them the information. 
um, that they requested about the insurance, and they used that against me to tell me I didn't qualify. You don't qualify because you have insurance. You don't qualify because you have insurance. You don't qualify because you have insurance. Wait a minute. <laughs> now, isn't that a form of discrimination? Because I still had to meet a $2,000 deductible for insurance to access, you know, uh, the insurance for the for the mortgage. I mean, then the mortgage company wants to know, was your house damaged? Because they want to collect the check. They don't want the money to come to you because they want to do and issue the money out the way they want to mm-hmm. and keep the money for themselves. So I'm like, okay. Right now, the, the storm happened in February. Mm-hmm. I've been doing theme. I've turned into their number one uh, administrative assistant. <laughs> and uh, I've, re- I've been duplicating things and <laughs> writing letters and writing appeals. And why am I writing an appeal? You know I had a storm. You can pull it up by my zip code and see that I was in a storm. Okay. I've done everything that you asked. And I have insurance. Mm-hmm. So where's my help? I've thrown away medication two or three times. I have had to throw away my food two or three times. You know, I understand a homeless person. They're overwhelmed. They, they, they've given up and maybe they haven't totally given up. Maybe they are wanting someone to help them. That doesn't mean they're asking for a handout, Uh Uh but they don't feel the pressure. They don't feel the stigmatism of you got to work. You got to work. You got to do this. You got to, because I see people every day who are not working and I'm wondering how are these people making that they're not going to job here's a mom and a dad neither one of you going to, to work how are y'all making it right but here I am a senior citizen and you trying to force me to go back and have a job and work and then you're going to take money out of my check to pay taxes to help these people that are coming over that aren't even citizens in our country wow. so yes I think <laughs> that um there's a lot going on in this country and mm-hmm. it's very um unlevel um, it's, um, and when I see the scales not balanced, um, the money being distributed, um, these states have money to help people. And I don't think it's fair that the state can find a reason to disqualify you. It's, it's backwards. They should be finding a reason to qualify you for the benefit, mm-hmm. but actually they, well, you don't qualify. You made too much money last year, or you made too much money three months ago, 90 days ago, or you know, I just feel for our country. We're forgetting about the people who were born here. We're forgetting about the elderly people who were the baby boomers who set up the economy and carried generations and generations. And now we're old and we can't get anything. We can't get, you know, everybody was getting the stimulus money. Uh-huh. And the people with the children were getting an abundance of money. And um, I'm not sure what people were doing with their stimulus money. I know a lot of people were shopping at Walmart Mm because I was at Walmart. And I wasn't necessarily shopping, but I was just, you know, taking in and looking at the mask and different things like that. And what I noticed is there was a lot of shopping going on, two and three carts, uh, mega TV systems and stereo systems. (laughs) And here we are trying to get kids to go back to school. But are you going to pay the teacher a decent wage to be back in that classroom? Mm you know, and exposing themselves to be in there teaching your kids. And guess what? It's going to be a difficult job. It was difficult before, but it's going to be even more difficult now because kids haven't been in school, what, two years going on now? Oh, they're going to be, they're going to be so un-classroom manageable. Right. And uh, they're going to be so 
used to being on their own, doing what they want, not having to answer to anyone. Because right. parents probably still went to work and the kids were probably left home responsible, you know, to get their lessons and to get online. So um, what are you going to do for those, those teachers? I just happened to have been a teacher myself and it was difficult. And there was a lot of things we were dealing with then. You know, kids didn't have um, parents at home. They were hungry. We were giving them meals before and after school. Mm-hmm. Some kids are on medication, so they were sleeping in the classroom. We are in a whole nother form of recession. And some of these communities of ethnic descent are going to get hit even harder. They're not coming out of anything right now, believe me. They're going to have to find the students, and once they get the students, they're going to have to find a way to communicate and and get them back into the the role of learning. And so there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. There's still a lot of money that needs to be allocated. We just finished the census, and um, I know a lot of people were upset because they were having uh, duplicate, duplicate, duplicate census requests come to their homes and things like that. What do you want my information for? What are you going to do my inf- what are you going to do with this information? I actually did the census online and I still received all the the literature more than once through the mail. And here's the here's the thing about the census. If you're going to do the census, why don't you go out in the community prior to doing the census and explain to people what that is? Right. Explain to them why you need it, how it's going to help them, and then do it. So they can see it. Uh, I got through the storm and uh, lost my electric for six or seven days. I wasn't on the grid. Mm -hmm. I wasn't on the grid with a hospital. Okay. Well, the census is supposed to put certain places, uh, certain certain things in certain places. So why wasn't I on the grid? Mm -hmm. Why why isn't there a hospital near me? Okay, there's a problem with that. Being a senior citizen, I need a hospital near me. I need a, a community center near me. I need a, a, a health department near me. So um, with that being said, understand that we can't move forward. We can take all the data and information that we want. But unless we explain to people what it is we are trying to do, why we are trying to do it the way we are, you're going to find opposition. And, you know, after all of that with the data collected for the census, I was not aware that so many different, uh, I was just not aware of the, the, the output, the final output. I thought it was going to be useful material that was collected. I didn't know it was just going to be hidden away in a drawer and never spoken about again, never never covered on the news or, or uh, city workers to come out and, like you said, talk to the community. Because, you know, senior citizens, even other age, younger age generations, they weren't aware. They just, they threw it in the trash, file 13, all of that, or they completed it over and over again, and then just turned it in. We need to advertise it like we advertise the football games, the baseball games. Um, We need to advertise it like we advertise taking vacation, Mm -hmm. you know. There's still people who don't know how to apply for Medicaid. There's still people who don't know how to apply for Medicare. There's 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 people who don't know how to apply to get SNAP. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, and I feel bad um, in an essence because a lot of these things could be eliminated just by 
education. Mm -hmm. And the education can come from the town hall meetings. The education can come from your state representative. Mm -hmm. The What does the state representative do? <laughs> okay. Um, because some of them do a good job and some of them don't do a job at all. They just hold that office. Mm -hmm. Nobody's running against them. I'm just going to sit here and sit here and sit here. And maybe my name will get big and great. But we need to be careful of who we are electing mm -hmm. into these offices and these positions. And um, guess what? That goes right on back to education. Mm -hmm. Somebody needs to be telling us who... Who looks good for us to be voting for? Not who to vote for, but who looks good? Who's saying the things we need to hear? And who's going to be capable and hold to those things that they're saying? And when they get in office, actually do what they say they're going to do. Right. Or we can contact them to find out why they are not doing it. And, um, hey, I'm all for putting a TV uh uh, a TV channel on that covers this education. We watch TV for everything else. We got cute these these QV stations that are selling jewelry and clothes and um, preaching and and all of that. So why not why not have a a channel where you can tune in and learn out how to how to do this? How do I file for Social Security? How do I file for disability? How do I file for my um, income tax to be done. You know, how do I find the right uh, child care service? Uh -huh. I mean, it could go on and on and on, Miss Judy. Right. And you're right about that because, as we've spoken about before, not a lot of senior citizens are going to do that research and get on the Internet or even pick up their phone if they even have a working phone in their home and utilize that to do any type of research to find out what's going on. Because sad to say, in our community, a lot of us, still feeling like if my table is full of food, my family's fed, I have a nice place to live, my vehicles are running, and I have a couple of dollars in the, in the bank savings or what have you, then I'm good to go. I'm not worried about the next door neighbor. I'm not worried about what's going on down the street or anyone else. I'm just worried about me, all about me. Well, how can so. you be a sister to sister with that mentality? Exactly. You know, I can't eat in front of you. And I'm going to offer you everything I have. I'm going to share everything I have with you now as far as survival things. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to invite you into my family and, and into my home and say, okay, live with us. I'm, I'm not saying that. Right. But I'm saying if I know how to get a benefit and if I can help you get a benefit, well, that's what I need to do and that's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. You may come back and make it like it's your idea make it like you did this or that, and that's fine. That's fine. That's what power is about. Uh, that's a, an up-and-coming um, idea that I've got going. POW stands for Power of Women, and we do possess the power. We possess the power to elevate ourselves to the top level, and the only way we're going to do that is if we are communicating like we are doing today, mm -hmm. if we are seeing you as a sister, and be about progression, right. you know, um, we still here, we're dealing with the double minority, triple minority. We're dealing with um, male figures. We're dealing with uh, racial, racial, cultural, ethnic issues. We've got to find a way to move ourselves in a direction heading upward. We've got to put ourselves in line with people that can take us higher. Mm -hmm. You know, our communities 
have been so stagnated. And the thing is, our, our youth want to grow up and move out of that environment. Right. And then, like Miss Judy was saying, we just still have the elderly living there. Why not in these communities instill a program that actually helps our youth um, elevate themselves, but also give them a desire to come back and elevate the rest of their community where they came from, build their community up, you know, and don't let the community fall down or die because the only people there are the elderly. I only go to my community when I want to see my grandmother. Mm -hmm. I only go on that side of town when I have to. Mm -hmm. I only do this um, at church because of this. Mm -hmm. So we need to get out of that mindset. We need to get out of that mindset right now in 2021. We are running out of time. Mm -hmm. There is so much violence and so much hate and anger. You know, whenever you have to call in martial law, whenever you have to call in the the military, this is America. Mm. Okay, we're going forward, not backwards. Pick, pick up, pick up a piece of paper. Pick up a microphone, pick up a telephone, pick up anything and figure out how to promote some success into your community. That's right. That's right. If we can just kind of, as you stated here, instill in our youth the value of humanity. And once they are able to become an adult, they're going to still be able to do things and structure and cultivate that community and not just think about me and self and and getting out. You're going to be able to progress. If you want to leave, you can leave, but still don't forget about where you came from. Um, Just by me reflecting and talking to my brothers, I have an older brother and a younger brother. We look at life, all three of us, so differently, and it just amazes me sometimes. Uh, my younger brother, he did serve in the military also in the Army. Uh, but it still just, it, it baffles me. And I'm thinking, hey, did we grow up in the same household? <laughs> because some of the, the mentality that they have as far as what they're doing, as far as helping humanity, helping their brother to brother, sister to sister, what have you, is, is totally different. They are able to take a backseat on some of the ideas, some of the things that they want to do as far as changing Um, But it amazes me. But I still love them. Uh, We'll all get to that point very soon at some point. But um, if we can all still just kind of really reflect on what's what's important. Humanity is important. We cannot forget about that because there's always going to be changes. We need to progress, as you stated. I feel sorry for our young men because they're being hunted and uh, assassinated. Mm -hmm. And they... They're being degraded. Mm-hmm. They're being demoted. You know, they, they're they not given the work anymore because they can get it cheaper. Um, you know, when I was going to school, I didn't realize a lot of the kids were going in the, in the um, they were doing ROTC and leaving ROTC going into the military because when you do that, the military pays for all of your college. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't know that. I went and got a degree. Sure, I did. That's what I was told to do. Get a degree, and then you can get a good job. Why? Nobody told me if you go in the military, you can be a surgeon, you can be a lawyer, you can be a scientist, and you can come out and you won't you won't have to pay thousands of dollars for your education. The government will pay you and develop you 
in those positions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what our black men have to do. They have to get out of the, the, the frame of mind. I'm not going in the military fighting for no country and I'm going to work. It's not that. The military offers you specific things. Your, your housing's paid for. Your food's paid for. Your clothes are paid for. You travel, you see the world. So then you become diversified and international. If you want to get out, they give you a loan. You can build a business in your little community and uh, help the community and help yourself at the same time. If you want to buy a home, you've got your VA loan. Um, if you want continuous Medicare, uh, medical care, you've got your health care system. So um, we need to find the, the avenue to travel, like I said, leading, leading up up level because it's out there right. our young men have really um i don't want to use the word careful but they really need to be abreast of decisions that they make we're not all going to be superstar basketball players superstar football players superstar rappers r&b singers we're not mm-hmm. we're just not so and then sometimes you get in that life and that genre and it's not even healthy or good for you. Mm-hmm. So we need to take our, our, our young youth, especially our men, put them in a male organization that teaches them how to handle business, how to write a check, how to apply for a job, how to dress. The saggy pants, not going to work. The dreadlocks, not going to work. Not that we're trying to um, um, change who they are. We want to blend in the community so we can have access to everybody else's um, benefits, everyone else's uh, government money, everyone else's education. We want to make it so we are not being turned down for things. I remember um, I was always told that um, I could be anything I wanted to be, and I remember... um, when I would go on the job interview, they would say, dress this way, right. have this color <laughs> on, or, you know, and I was going to take that another another direction. It'll have to come back to me, but I, I want you to know um, we're not teaching our kids. We're not. Sad to say, but we're not. <laughs> we're not. And I, I do recall that myself years and years ago. I was one of two minorities. The other minority, she was in the um, housekeeping industry, if you will. <laughs> so I was uh, like uh, admin staff and able to train other admin to come in um, and just taking up on so many different types of duties that came along with that. But at that particular point in time, human resources, of course, made of all women and of other ethnicities made a skit they put together and at that particular time these women decided to wear do-rags and so forth not that any of us were wearing that at that particular point in time the 1900s but um, they just thought it would be cute I guess to put this together and make a skit and, and give the do's and don'ts of what not to wear and so forth and you had to wear tailored jackets and so forth with your uniform so I didn't find humor in that, but I guess a lot of my coworkers did. <laughs> but you're right, we're not teaching our young and just giving them what they need to progress in 
in this harsh world, but if we can just um, continue to look out for our sisters and our brothers and being able to help move forward in this community, this day and age, it would be so much beneficial. I remember you mentioning, um, we had a conversation, and you mentioned the concept of crabs in a bucket. We need to get away from that. Mm. And we need to stop hating on each other. Mm. I've been in jobs, and I felt in those positions, I should have been accelerating, accelerating. My own sisters <laughs> were the roadblocks. That's something. They were the, the tear-me-down ones. They were the ones who did not want to see me progress and do well. Why, what is it to be jealous of someone? What is it to be envious of someone? What, is, what, what does that energy do for you? It does nothing for me mm-hmm. because once I find out, of course, I'm going to use my energy to battle whatever I think that you're doing to me. Mm-hmm. And what I know is whatever education I have, I'm still going to have it no matter what you do. Why are you hating me because of how I dress? Why are you hating me because of my makeup and how I look and wear my hair? So what you're saying is, Dr. Allen, that the sisters that were in the same area, same positions that you were in, they didn't want to see you progress. That's just baffling to me. Girl, I would get jobs and go on job interviews and I remember um, I was trying to work at the Attorney General and I I did a, probably eight interviews mm-hmm. and wasn't getting the job so I knew I was qualified mm-hmm. and then I wasn't getting the job because why never any explanation mm-hmm. I, um, so am I overqualified am I underqualified no you making conflict my own sisters making conflict conflict and then grilling me about my education and then once they I go ahead and I can I confirm that information for them. You still don't give me a job? Mm-hmm. Well, of course not. I don't want to work with you. If you don't want to work with me, I don't want to work with you. I do have a very high self-esteem. I do respect my degrees. I do expect, you know, I do the best I can on a job, you know, and I and I can make a knowledgeable decision, you know. I don't I don't need any micromanagement. But we tend to do that to each other. Get out of that slave mentality. Oh, I'm working for Massa, and I got mm-hmm. I got to look over you, make sure you get your work done, right. so I can report it back to Massa. We don't do that. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. I don't. I come from the Pacific Northwest. So I've never um, I've never been in a, uh, a Southern mentality type. Now I was born in Texas. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I was, but I've never experienced the Southern mentality. Uh, attack where you know I'm a lesser person than anyone else Um, or I don't deserve to be in the same position with you or anyone else I don't deserve to excel you know and I think that's a that happens a lot in our culture you know and I'm not sure why we are that way why the women I don't know about the men but I know my experience has been with the women. There's a there's a jealousy, there's an envy um, that goes, and um, they'd rather see you not have a job. Mm. Why would you rather see me not have a job and make it? So that's where we go back to the sister to sister mentality. Um, if you spend as much time loving me as you do disliking me, mm-hmm. oh, I think we could really flip the script. Mm. 
crazy. Well, this has been um, great to sit down and kind of chat and cover some ideas. We hope that people that will tune in with us and just pull from this and get some great tools and techniques that they can actually utilize, share with their family and share with their youth. This is just great knowledge that we need to be able to share with any, uh, any and everyone. Any closing remarks, Dr. Allen? Anything that you can think of? And remember, POW is going to be coming to you in the future, Power of Women. Okay. And remember, POW is going to be an organization that supports women um, in, in, in the development of future aspects. So okay. selecting colleges, selecting careers, okay. um, learning how to run a business mm -hmm. uh, or set a business up or learning how to... Um, to speak, yes. Um, how to walk, how to eat properly in public, and and use etiquette. So remember, pal is coming your way. Um, keep your eyes and ears open. And Miss Judy, I just thank you for letting us come here today and mm -hmm. um, talk with you to find out what our purpose is. And um, I hope to come back soon. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Thank you all. We will chat again soon. And this is Judy Jones with What Is Your Purpose? We hope to uh, speak with you very, very soon. Thank you.